The Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now, when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The Gospel of our Lord. Thank you, Brian. Grace and peace to all of you in Christ. This summer is unlike any other summer we've ever lived. Most summers, I would be heading to some corner of the country with a group of middle schoolers or high schools, wondering what we will learn and experience throughout the next week. One of those trips we would have been going on this summer is to the Boundary Waters. I love taking groups there. The peace, the beauty, and the community it creates. But one aspect that can always be that one aspect that can always be a little touch and go is the food. You count every pound you see, and anything that you add to your packs gains weight. And so people want to know what you're bringing. <laughs> Most of the outfitters we go through bring the bare minimum, and that includes food. There is always enough, but at the end of the first day of paddling and foraging, we're all pretty hungry and skeptical that this little tiny pack of dried food is going to go the distance. Everyone is very concerned about how much others are eating. How much are they carrying? Do you have enough food? Have you carried enough? Many times, scarcity takes over on the first day. It can be a strain for a little community. We find ourselves this summer in a place where scarcity is the reality of our country. Unemployment is at historic levels. Moratoriums on evictions around the country are ending this month. COVID-19 is legion in our communities. We are facing a racial reckoning that is long overdue in our country. There's a deep hunger in our communities, both literally and figuratively. And today, we hear of Jesus feeding 5,000. 5,000 plus people with five loaves of bread and two fish. 
Women and children were not counted, a seemingly timely reminder that inequality has been pervasive for thousands of years. It's a miracle to be sure, but one that has me asking about the deep hunger of today and if such miracles exist in 2020. I see myself resonating with the disciples first. Their skepticism and scarcity mindset I feel every day in my body this year. They say, we have nothing here. An admission that is seemingly rooted in truth, they are tired in the wilderness and probably not excited with the prospect of sharing their meager supper with 5,000 plus people. Does everyone get a scrap of food? What good does that do? But Jesus is confused by them asking to send the crowds away. Why would they leave when the disciples have food? Do we thoughtlessly send people away when we think our abilities and resources aren't enough to have an impact? I'm sure I do. The disciples say we have nothing here. But they are proven wrong by Jesus. They have what they need. They feed thousands with what they have. The previous months have tried to convince me that I don't have enough. That the weight of the world around me is crushing, exhausting, and ultimately too much for all of us to even show up in. The disciples want to send them away. I understand this sentiment. There are days where I want to send it all away. Cancel everything, don't show up. Even simple tasks seem more challenging at the moment. But Jesus shows the disciples that they have what they need. The table has been set for them. Jesus is not concerned with their perceived limitations. Jesus, like the disciples, I find my, or just like the disciples, I find myself forgetting the divine law of community. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminds us, so long as we eat our bread together, we shall have sufficient even with the least. Not until one person desires to keep their own bread for themselves does hunger ensue. This is a strange divine law. This is 2020. Sharing meals together is on hold. The great crowds we hear about in the story are a thing of the past. But just like the disciples, Jesus asks all of us to reimagine our possibilities. Where is the hunger of the world? Hunger and nourishment are bodily experiences. I encourage you to feel how you hold this time in your body. Listen to it. If we recognize hunger in our bodies, how can that be a call to action? And remember that hunger isn't the, isn't the cause of scarcity. It's the signaling. The hunger of, a tent, of the tent cities that have popped up all over the parks in Minneapolis and beyond signal a broken housing system in our country. The hunger of black bodies demanding equal treatment under the law signal a system of white supremacy that is foundational to American culture. Sitting in this text this week, I realized that it was harder for me to relate to the crowd. My privilege draws me towards the disciples who have resources, power, and a way to escape the realities of injustice. But I need to hear what Jesus is doing in these moments. People are, people are showing up in mass after the murder of a beloved community member, 
John the Baptist has just been beheaded by the state. They're out of their homes, on the street, maybe because they don't know what else to do. Maybe because great injustice, injustices injure the soul of all who witness. And they heard of a man who heals. Jesus' first sense is compassion. The disciples eventually want to send them all away. The disciples miss the point here a little bit for the crowds. They feel apart from the community. They miss that when injustice shakes people to the core, the only option is to name it in community for the evil it is and work to dismantle it. If they don't, if they send people away, they continue the system that Jesus is actively ripping to pieces throughout the whole gospel. If they don't engage in that work, they will slowly starve. Those five loaves and two fish are, they are clinging to will become smaller and smaller until their hunger overtakes them. This work is core and central to what it means to be a Christian. If not this, then what? You may feel that your five loaves of bread and two fish are inadequate to fight the, system, the, the systemic injustices. They feel like scraps compared to the enormous task that faces us. Remember that Jesus calls this false. The opposite of hunger is abundance, and we have a God of abundance. As Pastor Beth has said before when we dwelled on this text as a staff, some days you just have to believe in a God of miracles. And we've seen it before. Here, at Mount Olivet, we prioritized feeding our community before the pandemic and now have the ability to help feed hundreds of people a week during one of the worst economic downturns in our nation's history. That's a miracle. Name it. Now, what can we continue to do? Jesus demands us to imagine new possibilities to address the hunger that surrounds us and binds us together. The good news is that we can set aside our fear of that demand because he has also promised healing and nourishment abundantly. This summer, I miss those trips with the youth. One of the biggest lessons of those Boundary Waters trips is that the only way to keep going is together. If we don't work for the good of the all in the group, we will fail. You learn this pretty quickly out there. And it's something I hope that youth take home with them afterwards. Jesus puts all of us to, Jesus points all of us to the directions of the crowd, to the courage of the least of us, and calls us to join the collective in whatever way we are able. We have been given bread for the journey. The journey may seem long and arduous, that's fair. But Jesus releases us from the obsession with our own limitations. Maybe I can let go of my hold on this idea that we have nothing here. Maybe it's time to look at what I have been given today in this pandemic to help in the fight against the systems of oppression that Jesus spent his whole ministry dismantling. Here in the gospel today, we see hunger. 
I know many of us feel that same hunger in our own lives right now, but we also witness a miracle in this reading, one that fills all who are there. The hope I find in, the mes- in this message is that Jesus points us towards the courage and radical faith of the crowds. The hope I find is Jesus reminding us that the only way forward is together. That if we remember the truth that when one of us is hungry, we all are. But when we remember it, then we can be working toward a more healthy and just society. The late Congressman John Lewis wrote in an essay to be published after his death, Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. For those of us of racial privilege, we are not white saviors, but everyone has something to share in the work for justice in the world. And the world is hungry. Amen.